Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. And we hope that you enjoy today's episode. All right. Hey, welcome back to Passion and Purpose podcast number two with my friend, Dr. Christina Crenshaw. And hey, you got to get the first one. If you're sneaking in for the second one, <laughs> no, no, no. Go back to the first one. So you hear her heart, her journey. And as she very poignantly uh, communicated with us or clearly communicated with us, that zero to 20, she took us into that journey mm-hmm. of her life, how that shaped her, kind of 20 to 40, how that solidified kind of who she is. And now for this next run, mm-hmm. uh, God has taken those things in your life and allowed you not only to understand worldview, teach it, train others, but now to be a voice back to the mm-hmm. world, especially at a really critical time. So I want you to take us into, well, we can, I'll give you the 18 months latitude, but you can kind of go 2020 yeah. to the present. Because you were already making these observations. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like something just happened in the pandemic. It just exposed everything that was already in the water. Right. And um, take us a little bit about what you were observing and what you were concerned about in these 2020 moments. But then we'll turn it and just tell us how it affected you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then those things that you observed about others all of a sudden were aimed towards you and yeah. how you overcame. So that's our framework. Okay. It's going to be an exciting, <laughs> excuse me, an exciting talk. So take us into what you saw over the last 18 months, and then let's get into you personally. Yeah, so backing up even beyond, you know, 18 months, go back a little bit further, I started looking at Christian worldview in about, you know, 2012, 2013, when I was writing my dissertation. And I'll just share a quick story of how that work even came to fruition. I was teaching at the time, I was earning my PhD, a social issues in education course. And this is the kind of course where you are giving a broad overview in a teacher education program of all the different things that a teacher might encounter in the classroom. So things like racism, gender identity, um, even just despair with um, educational growth, sure. you know, on the various yeah. places, disabilities. Right. Um, so all the, you know, social issues in education. And as I'm teaching this class that is, you know, undeniably from a secular worldview, right. as a lot of uh, programs that have to engage the public sphere tend to be, even at a Christian university, you're still held accountable to um, measurements that are outside of faith standards, sure. right? Sure. Yeah. So, but but what was grieving my heart as I taught this class semester after semester, section after section, you know, several sections of it, is I realized that if I was going to integrate faith, that it was going to have to really be on me to do that right. because the course in and of itself didn't lend itself to that. So this I, was at a Christian university. This was at a Christian university. Yeah. And so, I, you know, again, it's not the fault of the university. Yep. It was just more of an epiphany on my part as right. the professor that I'm going to have to be the one to bring this to the table and yep. integrate it. And because I'm at a Christian university, I have license to do this. It would yes. be wrong of me, disingenuous of me not right. to. Yes. 
So I would teach the textbook, Mm -hmm. which was coming from a real postmodern progressive. And I don't say that in a political sense. Progressivism is actually a um, theoretical framework outside of politics. Not everybody knows that. Um, So this it's a progressive, um, you know, very, uh, yeah, just secular perspective on Mm -hmm. how we engage social issues. And so I asked myself, you know, well, what does the Christian worldview have to say? What does scripture have to say about how we address things like hunger, homelessness, human trafficking from a Christian perspective? How do we do justice? Um, I had a girl on my first day of class and she really was the catalyst. In fact, I ended up putting her in my dissertation, gave her a pseudonym. But on the first day, she announced to everyone, I mean, it was kind of like a stand up, tell us three things about you kind of thing. Her three were, I'm bisexual, I'm um, a pagan, and I'm polyamorous, which was new to me. I sure. did not even sure, know that term. What does that word mean? Yeah, I'm like 29. Why don't you remind us what that word means, like me? It, well, and so I said, <laughs> does that mean you believe in multiple well, gods? I knew poly sure. meant multiple. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she goes, close, love, right. it means I believe in multiple Loving multiple people yes, simultaneously. Loves. Yes, yes love, multiple loves. To love, right? yeah. So um, even within you, know, so within I did context, know that one. That was good. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank yeah. you. Right. Um, it was actually kind of funny the way because she was like so excited that I almost got it. So does that mean multiple gotchas? Close. <laughs> I was like, oh, multiple lovers. Loves. Got it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but I realized in that moment the whole class was frozen. It was a Christian school and they were just sharing like, here's my Christian camp, you know, ribbon award I won. And here's my, you know, so all things were kind of like Christian and they just froze. They didn't know what to do with her. And quite honestly, I didn't either. I had not yeah, ever had a student sure. like this. But in that moment, I realized, OK, this is the lens through which she's going to see the rest of right. this class. Yes. Everything we talk about in this class is going to be seen through this lens, this worldview, almost like putting on a frame of glasses, if mm-hmm. you will. She's going to see every narrative through a, a, a sexuality lens because she mm-hmm. told me her three things, sure. she's bisexual. Right. She is pagan, didn't right. even find what that meant other than she was kind of right. like multiple God worship. Right. And then that she doesn't believe in the, the uh, fidelity and commitment yeah. of marriage. Mm-hmm. That will shape her experience in right. her. So the Lord used that experience to encourage me to then go back and say, well, then what does the Christian worldview say? And how is it different than these other frameworks and worldview that the world is offering? Sure. And in the research, um, there are different people who will say how many major worldviews there are. The most I've seen is up to seven, and it's almost Mm -hmm. always based on religions, you know, a Hindu worldview, a Buddhist worldview. Mm -hmm. Um, A guy named James Sire in a book called The Universe Next Door whittles them down to basically four major worldviews. Mm -hmm. And so if you were to kind of, you know, lump every worldview you could under these four categories, you'll find that there's the atheist worldview. And, you know, again, kind of cliff notes here, but it's a very scientific driven one. If you Mm -hmm. can't ontologically prove it, prove it through data, natural law, then it yeah. doesn't exist. Um, they don't, obviously, as atheists tend to believe that there is a God. If right. they are, then he's some sort of a deist who has, you know, set time in motion and then stepped right. away. Um, then you have, you know, kind of this um, new age is what they call it. But, you know, it tends to encompass like Hindu, Buddhist, right. even sometimes Muslim. Mm-hmm. But it's anything that is a works oriented faith where you're mm-hmm. constantly working on yourself to be good enough mm-hmm. to be accepted in the afterlife. Right. So it's a lot of self-improvement, a lot sure. of positivity talk. Sure. I was um, surprised to see that in James Sire's book, he actually lists postmodernism as a world 
worldview. Before this book, that's almost always just mm-hmm. been considered like a right. theoretical lens, right. yes. you know, kind of like a way to see things or right. and a way to think right. about something. You know, in graduate school, I had to write a number of papers through a postmodern lens of a different theory, like mm-hmm. fill in the blank. You know, right. we've heard a lot, you know, these days on different theories, particularly one. Um, but it actually is now considered a whole worldview. Mm-hmm. And what's scary about this worldview it is it is based on deconstructionism. Right, exactly. You know, postmodernism, that is its core tenet. Mm-hmm. And what deconstruction says is you can't trust any of the other authorities. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, atheism will trust science, and you've got this new age worldview that will trust, you know, Hinduism mm-hmm. or Buddhism mm-hmm. or, or Islam. But within postmodernism, you are your own authority. Exactly. Your truth is your Huge. truth. Huge. Right. And so you're you're encouraged to deconstruct everything you've ever known to be truth, get it down to the basis. But what's concerning is it's then what? Yes. You know, very few people yeah. ever reconstruct after mm-hmm. they've deconstructed everything Absolutely. they believe because they're left with nothing. When you yep. implode a building that's been built mm-hmm. for 2000 years mm-hmm. and then you're looking at the rubbish, of course, you don't know how to rebuild, sure. um, which brings us to the fourth worldview, which is a Christian worldview. Right. So in James Sire's book, the Christian worldview stands up apart from where he lumps mm-hmm. all the other religions mm-hmm. because it's not a works based mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it is not a self-improvement based. Mm-hmm. It is a very dying of self unto the glory of God, mm-hmm. understanding that it is by grace alone mm-hmm. that you have been saved. Mm-hmm. So within the Christian worldview, kind of looking specifically at that, you know, just kind of, yep. and I would say this is so important if you're a parent and you're raising kids yes. to understand this. And if you are in that 20 to 40 year age, this mm-hmm. is so important because you're wrestling with it. Mm-hmm. The 40s plus is probably fine. You know, you can <laughs> stop listening uh, now. Y- usually, usually. <laughs> keep, keep going. Well, for mentor purposes, <laughs> yes. maybe stay tuned. Um But within the Christian worldview, the biblical lens speaks of these four great stories that Mm -hmm. compromise one, and it's creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. So creation, you are made in the image of God, Mm -hmm. that you were made with a purpose, Mm -hmm. you were made in his likeness, Mm -hmm. you were God's breathed, you didn't come about by accident, and you were made, you know, in Mm -hmm. his image and, and for a purpose. Because there's a fall. We are mm-hmm. all fallen. We talk about sin nature. Mm-hmm. We talk about, well, if we're made in the image of God, why do bad things happen to, right. to good people? That sort right. of thing. Or in a fallen world, how could God allow this big theodicy question? Sure. Like, why is sure. there suffering? Because we've fallen. You know, we mm-hmm. all have that fallen nature. But the hope, um, you know, what the New Testament particularly presents is that there's redemption in Jesus. That we can, mm-hmm. we have a hope that he's the way, the truth, and the life. Yep. And that there's restoration. Yes. And that doesn't always happen this side of heaven. that our final restoration is in heaven. You know, sometimes we do see that the Lord Mm -hmm. redeems and restores things this side of heaven, which is just such a glimpse of his glory. Mm -hmm. I think that's why he allows us to see that so that we can hunger and long for more. Mm -hmm. But it's really, you know, restoration. Scripture speaks of restoration Mm -hmm. in in heaven and Mm -hmm. um, when we go to be with him. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's unique from all of the other worldviews. And when you look at life through those four lenses, you realize, okay, like I am created in the image of God and my identity has to be anchored first and foremost in mm-hmm. him. When I fall, when I miss the mark, because mm-hmm. you will, yes. it's because I have a fallen sin nature. Absolutely. But the good thing is, through grace, I can be redeemed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if it doesn't happen this side of heaven, it will happen. I yes. will be restored. I will not forever be this thorn in my side or this sin yes. issue or this mm-hmm. suffering that I'm mm-hmm. feeling. There will be a day mm-hmm. of relief, mm-hmm. of, of restoration. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that that is the Christian worldview. Now, so so let, let's pause a minute again, because we're we're, we're going to inch our way here into recent events and all that. 
But <clears throat> again, uh, I love the centerpiece of that as you describe the Christian worldview. Before it, you said there is a deconstructionist mm-hmm. attitude, and that is happening among Christians. So yes. it is mainly often led these days by Christians who are saying, hey, can I believe what historically has been true, mm-hmm. has been said? So what, what I think it's my experience is when a believer deconstructs uh, their faith, the historical church, not just a church, but the historical church, their historical faith, um, there is a healthy side of wrestling through what does the scripture say? What mm-hmm. uh, does church history say? Um, but when you deconstruct it down to no one can be trusted but mm-hmm. me, that was you, mm-hmm. you made that point. Mm-hmm. When I become the ultimate authority mm-hmm. for all things faith, truth, and, and uh, biblical history, then, then there is a vulnerability to having nothing in the end. Right. Right. And I think that's really key because it is fair to challenge whatever mm-hmm. the thought or the mm-hmm. the um, uh, the concern of the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's 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 right. Okay, let's mm-hmm. let's challenge that. But t- talk again about a central authority, and I'm not talking about a person uh, other than God Himself. But I'm mm-hmm. talking about the authority of God in Scripture, where you got to land where your deconstructions. Uh, uh, what what it's what where mm-hmm. the landing spot is just speak to that just a little bit yeah so i think a big distinction is there's a difference between having a critical mind and a critical heart yes like your heart wow. posture is so much behind this if you mm-hmm. were going before the lord and you're wrestling mm-hmm. um i think i mean i not even i think i know that there is grace for that you yes, know sure. when your heart posture is lord help me understand you see it throughout the psalms you see yeah. david wrestling with his questions mm-hmm. and so we we see it on display mm-hmm. in the psalmist but go ahead yeah, yeah. Keep going, so um, and kind of to your question, I'll unpack that a little bit more. But, you know, when I was explaining the postmodern worldview, I said that I was surprised to see that this is now considered its own worldview because before it really was just a theory or lens. In, and just to give kind of a picture of what the distinction is, um, with worldviews typically, like these are um, glasses seared to your face. I mean, mm-hmm. this is these are the goggles through which you're looking at mm-hmm. life. And a theory might be like a magnifying glass where you pick it up and examine it. Okay, right. let's look at, you know, um, like critical race theory. Sure. Let's look at feminist theory. There's sure. all these different theories sure. and we can examine it through right. this lens. But your worldview didn't really change. Right. It's still influencing the mm-hmm. way you're looking through this new magnifying glass. So for it to now be considered an entire set of goggles, it's yes. its own worldview now. Yeah. That is surprising and deeply concerning. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there's going to have to be room, you know, our conversation within these like worldview circles, like yes. how are you defining this? Right. But it, it's it's seemingly more concentric, overlapping mm-hmm. and, and related than it's ever been before, because sure. you're right. For the first time, really, well, not necessarily the first time, but more prevalent than right. ever since right. the 1970s. Yes. You know, you had the sure. Francis Schaefer, how right. now shall we yes. live? Yeah. Or how should how we then, live? How and then you had the Chuck Colson, how now yes. shall we live? Yes. Right. And then we've got our generation like, Oh my goodness, like someone write a book on like, are we even still living? You know, like what is going on? So I think people since the 1970s, because that is when postmodernism started to rock people's world. So we Mm -hmm. had modernism, like enlightenment, and anybody really interested, go back and look and listen to Mick and Drew. Um, But enlightenment era, then you had modernism. Um, So again, all this progression towards postmodernism, but where this road led us from enlightenment to postmodernism, and there's 
good things along the way. Yeah, things of course. worth saying, like, there's oh, there's always, gold. There's always things that God is trying to reveal if if God right. is your ultimate authority and lens. Yes. It's the lens ultimately yeah. that gets you to the healthy destination right. in your critical thinking and your evaluation. And who's yeah. on the throne of your heart. Absolutely. Right. Yes. So in postmodernism, now that it's a whole worldview and we see it spilling over into, I would argue, the New Age, the Christian, yeah. perhaps even the atheist worldview. Because sure. for the first time, we have people who have always been very, very science-driven saying, well, wait, our biological males and biological females right. binary is, yes, is this exactly. you know, whereas yeah. historically they've been the fiercest defendants of yeah. that because it's a scientific Science. worldview right, right. right um but yeah so to this postmodernism which challenges us encourages us to challenge everything um and deconstruct everything it it's got a danger to it um for several reasons first and foremost because it doesn't point back to scripture to the glory right. of god it points to the glory of self it doesn't have a place of authority it deconstructs it dismantles mm-hmm. um yeah and it never really rebuilds so to your question yeah. what's the difference between having kind of like a critical mind versus mm-hmm. a critical spirit yeah. i think it's the different of heart posture of saying mm-hmm. hey lord i trust you you know it's, it's you know going back to scripture like my god will but even if mm-hmm. he doesn't mm-hmm. i still trust him yes. you know like i trust mm-hmm. that he is good i trust that everything mm-hmm. that scripture said to be true 2000 years of history is said to be true i can trust that i am asking mm-hmm. you to help me understand this cultural moment mm-hmm. rather than allowing the cultural moment to inform all of who God is. Huge, 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 huge. Wow. Okay. So we, we've got a bunch of big thoughts here, but let's let's just simplify them again. The question is <clears throat> not even um, the challenging thoughts and the needs to evaluate our lives and our world and all that. The, ch- the, the clarity point is who is our ultimate authority? Mm-hmm. Us. God. Mm -hmm. Who is our ultimate authority? The word of God or the words of man? Who is the ultimate authority? And and then where that heart posture, I love that, is my heart posture to, uh, for the glory of God, to learn the ways of God determined by God himself. So am I coming under him or am I evaluating him from the top down or Mm -hmm. as a son or a daughter looking up to a a heavenly father Mm -hmm. and his word? You know, that that yeah. I love that heart posture stuff. I think what we're going to do is we said we're going to do two podcasts. We're going to do three <laughs> uh, because this this is this is central. So again, so if you are summarizing, and I just did one my my one little attempt to do that, is people are listening here, and you're if if you're pleading with them mm-hmm. as a student to see. What mm-hmm. lens do you want us to have? And I don't mean that just what you want us to have, uh, mm-hmm. but what do you see biblically? What lens are you hoping that we grasp so that we can see rightly as we go into the third podcast mm-hmm. to talk what about with today's yeah. events? Yeah. yeah. So I would say first and foremost, you cannot wrestle in isolation. Mm. You are part of the body of Christ, Mm. whatever part, the Mm. hand, the foot, the eye, the ear, you're part of the body of Christ. If you Mm. sever yourself from it, Mm. you're going to wither. 
Mm. I mean, there is a difference between getting alone with the Lord, time before him, mm-hmm. Lord, sift my heart, know yeah. my wicked way, right. you know, speak to me. There's a difference between that and cutting yourself off from the body. Mm-hmm. You need the body of Christ for accountability, mm-hmm. to speak wisdom, yeah. mentorship. Um, what I often say to people is look at the root and fruit of yes. someone's life, whether mm-hmm. it's an individual person, whether it's a church, right. you know, a whole thought system. Sure. What is the root? Where is the origin of that? What is it saying? And is it producing fruit? fruit that you want to eat because if you're looking at someone's life Mm -hmm. and you're saying but these are leading you places I don't want to go much like I did with my own childhood you know mom dad I love you but I do not want to take the road that you don't want to repeat that that fruit felt very bitter and I don't want that for my life and I don't want to give that to my children Mm. then you get in right relationship with the Lord but right relationship with people who do have the fruit that Mm -hmm. you want for Mm -hmm. your life yeah I also want to say just in a you know a little caveat to that you have to let God be God and Mm. don't ask people to be God for you. Yes. Because people will disappoint you. Yes. They will. They're people. They they are people. I mean, the <laughs> church is made up of fallen, broken yes. people doing the best they can yes. to, to mm-hmm. lead people to Jesus. Right. And and they're going to fail you just yeah. like everybody else in life mm-hmm. will. But if you have the expectation we are here in order to be a brother and sister of Christ, yes. spurring each other on in the race, mm-hmm. that this is a partnership, yeah. then suddenly it's no longer about you just getting yes. your needs met mm-hmm. or somebody else being God for you. Let God be God. Let other Beautiful. people be the people running alongside mm-hmm. you towards God. Hmm. Yeah. So the way that uh, that I've been saying it over the last uh, 12 months, or especially the last 18 months, when push comes to shove, I said, I'm not a humanist. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like, uh, but I, I need to define yeah. that. When I say I'm not a humanist, um, I am not shocked or moved when a human fails. Right. That does not mean that God's word, God's way is untrue because a human failed, messed it up, misrepresented God, uh, because I believe that God rules the world. I believe that God Mm -hmm. has the final authority, and I believe that humans, in submission to God, under the construct of God's design and desire, is the most beautiful way to live, Mm -hmm. and the most beautiful way to answer problems, and the most beautiful way, Mm -hmm. but when two humans, apart from God, Mm -hmm. start deciding who is more moral, who is more right, who is more persuasive, it ends in destruction because humans were not created to govern themselves. Right. Now, I don't mean that in the sense of human are agents of governance, yes, but under the rule and reign of God, Mm -hmm. under the rule and reign of the scriptures. And when that is absent, we're left with humanism, and humanism always destroys because humans um, predetermine what good and evil is, or, or they have deter- they determine what good and evil is, and then the whoever determines their good has to take out the other person. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a competition of who's more good, who's more evil, and right. we're back to the mess of the garden and destruction and Cain and Abel, and wow, right? That's where we find each other. Right. So. I'm not a humanist, if y'all were wondering that on this podcast. (laughs) Christina's not a humanist. No. (laughs) (laughs) We are God lovers, God seekers, and we're on a journey. We're on a Mm -hmm. journey together to find Mm -hmm. him, to find his way, because we think that is the way. Not Mm -hmm. only Jesus himself, but the design that he gave us for life through the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So with that thought, we're going to wrap up today. Passion and purpose. Hope you're on the edge of your seat. We're going to bring us into now uh, with our next podcast. Love you guys. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. 
For more information, please visit jimmycybert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.